Oh my god, can you believe we're finally doing this? I'm so excited. It's the first episode of our podcast. I'm Neuron. I'm Noonie. And welcome to the Not Brown, Not White, Just In Between podcast. We are so excited to finally share this with you guys. We've been working so hard on it, and I know a lot of you have been very patient. Um, So with that, let's go ahead and talk about today's episode. Well, we have a real treat for you guys. You're going to get to know the two most chaotic people from the Middle East, a.k.a. Naran and Nuni. So go ahead, grab a cup of chai. No, not a chai tea latte. We're talking about that fresh brewed black chai. And make sure you get comfy and cozy so we can get started. So Nuni, most of our listeners are actually a lot of our friends, and I think a lot of them know us really well. But for anyone who's a new listener out there or maybe knows Nuni more than they know me, I think it'd be really fun to do some fun facts about each other. Um, That could be cute. Go ahead and start. Spit your facts. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my first fun fact is I love to knit. I'm a grandma on the inside. Everyone knows that. She's vintage. (laughs) Yes, I am vintage. And then fun fact number two, I don't think anyone on planet Earth wants to know this. And Noonie has actually made fun of me my whole life about this. Well, now they definitely want to know. (laughs) Um, So I actually have one flat foot and one arched foot. And no, you cannot see pictures of it. Hashtag Islamic girl, because that's past my ankle. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, that's that's a deep, dark secret that I've never told anyone. So now you guys know. Well, that got deep. (laughs) Um, and my third fun fact, my whole life, like I would say my young life, I wanted to be a lawyer and I one day opened up to my pediatrician about that. And she told me that I would be depressed for the rest of my life. Damn. Little did she know (laughs) that was already going to happen. And I am not a lawyer right now. I am actually, I went to school for architecture and I'm an interior designer now. So whatever path you take, you're going to end up being depressed is my uh, moral of the story. Don't kill people dreams. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just my two cents, you know? (laughs) If you wanted an opinion from me, that would be my opinion. For the Um, worst. Anywho, let's go ahead and stop talking about my dark uh, past and let's focus on Noonie. Noonie, what are your fun facts? All right. Well, let's shift gears to something a little less gruesome. Gruesome? (laughs) Nothing I said was gruesome. Oh, it was sad. It was just dark (laughs) and lonely. It shouldn't be. Uh, Um, Anywho, go ahead. Sorry. My fun facts. I actually played varsity tennis in high school. Now, I know a lot of you are shocked because I am the klutz of the century but i was a whiz on that court y'all i wish y'all saw me fun fact we actually never as a family went to a single one of her games so i would like to sincerely apologize for that right now you know i'm only going to forgive you because it's okay um <laughs> listen it's just another part of being a brown girl you know i'm the second daughter not the first so everyone was like noonies in sports noonies in school what um all right second one my favorite one probably i am a bts stan you walk into my bedroom right now. It's insane. You're surrounded by seven gorgeous men. My sister and father would heavily disagree. My father, for obvious reasons. But I know about Naran. She's in a trench. I just don't get it. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, we, don't need a, we don't need to piss off the uh, army. They're going okay. to come at you and this podcast. Last fact. 
I I thought this one was your favorite one. It's the BTS one that's your favorite? Yeah, the fact. I thought this fact was your favorite. Listen, this fact, fact just has delivery, okay? Okay. Just wait for it. Because you throw this fact in everyone's face. Listen, it's the fact that I'm proud of. We'll put it that okay. way. Not the fact. Right. I'm sure you guys are wondering what the fact is. Here you go. <laughs> Third and final and most proud fact of me is that I am a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. Or as I like to call him, Grandpappy Genghis. That's there my number go. one. Listen, I can't, none of y'all can say you were in a textbook. I was in a world history textbook, okay? I am from the Ilkhan tribe, which is a direct descendant of Genghis Khan, okay? This is my most proud moment. I stood up in class. I was like, yeah, that's me. That's my grandpappy. I'm sure grandpappy Genghis Khan was very proud of everything you've ever done in your life. Listen, I'm carrying his name. Okay, I'm carrying his name. That's all that matters. Yes, there we go. Um, well, yeah, there you go. You've got some fun facts about me. You've got some fun facts about Noonie. Um, we didn't really introduce ourselves, but, you know, I'm sure as time goes on, you'll know um, more about us. And, yeah, we're just super excited. And that's just a snippet of our insanity. So, um, it's only downhill from here, people. It's, just... yeah, only downhill from here. So, I, I said that really weird. Downhill? Downhill. Girl t- <laughs> tapping into her southern roots right sometimes now. Sometimes I have, sometimes I think I'm from the south. Well, you I did grow to... up, we did grow up in Memphis, Tennessee for a little bit. We did. We, we were in Memphis, Tennessee, I think maybe for like two or three years. I actually went to school there. Worst place <laughs> I have ever lived in my life. It is Hot. There are, we had a pool in that house, you remember? And the amount of freaking frogs in that pool. Like, my. She was swimming with the fishes. (laughs) (laughs) That was my dream, to swim with the fishes. I was doing it. Um,. Uh, my worst fear was to like go in the pool and step on one, and I would like have nightmares about that at night. Stepping on one, not like breathing one in or coming face <laughs> no, to face to no. one. It was stepping on one. It was it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Anywho, so I do think I have a little south in me. So I try to do those like southern. Oh what my they, god! Don't they even. Called? They're like little hyperboles. <laughs> yeah, like you know those ones where they say it's so hot down in Texas you can cook. <laughs> You can cook eggs on this asphalt or something like that. I freaking love those, and I will try to use them from time to time. Those also stem from your love for Hannah Montana, though. That entire series. True. I freaking love Hannah Montana. That is the She has to quote it every day, y'all. Just, there's a Hannah Montana quote somewhere in Neuron's day. I implore you to look for it. (laughs) So that'll be something to look out for. How many Hannah Montana quotes... Can I do throughout our entire podcast? There are also two very amazing ladies who work with us. Um, one is Abby. She's our social media gal. And Abby, if you want to go ahead and say hello right now and just give us a little intro on what you do here on the pod. Hi, I'm Abby. And Neuron and I used to work at this coffee shop you might have heard of. Starts with Star, ends with Bucks. And since then, we just keep hanging out, and she told me she wanted to do a podcast with her sister. Being the Instagram fanatic I am, I volunteered myself up to help with Instagram, and now TikTok. I'm really excited to see where this podcast goes, and being able to not only share it within a community, but hopefully with the world. 
So any trends you might want to see them do or any fun, inspiring posts that you might want to be able to share with the world, let us know. Honestly, we're excited to be on this journey together and see where we go. Thanks, friends. The second lovely lady that we'd love to introduce to y'all is Mary Ellie. She's honestly my best friend and the most talented woman I have ever met. She made our cover art and is helping with a lot of the advertising. So, Mary Ellie, we love you and thank you. Thank you. You are so talented and amazing, and we can't wait to see what other amazing graphic designs you come up with. You're the best, bestie. Once again, we just want to thank Mary Ellie and Abby for all of their love and support. It's been unconditional throughout this entire process, and we can't show enough appreciation. So thank you, ladies. We love you so much. You're all so talented, and we couldn't be here without you. Yeah, so when we first wanted to make this podcast, I did. we did talk to a few of our friends about it. And I think there were kind of some mixed opinions, like, what could we do? What could we talk about? Yeah, yeah. But during most of it, all of them, they talked about just you and your sister have this banter, and it's just hilarious to watch. Like, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times, like, we've hung out with friends, and then we just start bantering, and then they just, like, sit there and watch us, because it's just, in my opinion, we're just so funny, I mean, like, not even, we could have a stand-up comedy show, and I feel like we'd make millions, but we wouldn't have to plan anything, we'd just start talking, like, Neuron, how was your day? And then she just goes off, she pops off. I am just one of the most dramatically funny people I know, and (laughs) we're not trying to sound egotistical when we're saying any of this stuff, no, 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 it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you guys can't see this right now, but... We are filming in a tent for soundproofing issues and all of that stuff. And the tent door just kind of slowed <laughs> very creepily. slowly <laughs> slid down and it kind of freaked me out. So oh, I forgot man. what we were talking about. We're talking just, about you being dramatically funny. Yes, I'm just dramatically <laughs> funny. Point A right here. This thing just sliding down. You know, gravity is a thing, but my brain doesn't comprehend that. I'm just Girl. Like, oh my god, there's a freaking creep here, and this window is sliding down. Anywho, we're not trying to say this to be egotistical at all. I think it's just something that we've definitely noticed and we've had comments about, so we just decided why not bring our banter to the public and see how it's received um, it may be something that is totally wrong for everybody. <laughs> I don't know. And we'll kind of find that out in the next few episodes. Absolutely. And for me, a big part of this was I have been known. I'm going to give her a shout out. Alicia, my main girl. She has been literally telling me every day that I am just the best storyteller. And I don't I, I don't see it because I'm just explaining how it was. I want you all to feel what I was feeling in that moment because I was feeling a lot. And I need you guys to feel that as well. So she just said that this was the perfect move for me. Um, So I hope it was the right choice. And I hope that you guys enjoy it too, because we're having a lot of fun with this whole process. But more so on our topic and our genre, you know, I'm sure a lot of um, children of immigrants, children who've grown up in one culture, but have been submerged in another one. This is something that they've definitely experienced, like going in between two different identities is really hard to balance. Yeah, you're, you're stuck in a limbo, essentially. 
and you're trying to be one way, but then you're told that you're too much of it. For instance, you know, friends at the mosque where we'd go to pray, you know, we're we're way too whitewashed for most of them. 100%. We don't even speak Arabic, but that's the majority of the language spoken in our mosque. So we kind of just sit in the corner. Um, but then it's, you know, it's vice versa when we're with our more American friends who grew up here. We, you know, I'll just start saying yalla or wallahi, you know. <laughs> I'll, I've taught a lot of my friends Turkish or like those, you know, Arabic Muslim Oh, absolutely. Sayings. I said Muslim. I'm sorry. Muslim sayings. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like even the fact that I say Muslim sometimes and I'm caught off guard. Like I, we grew up in a very suburban area here yeah. in Colorado and you know, I went to one of the most whitewashed schools. Nooney did two high schools in the Shout out area. to White Ridge, home of the farmers. <laughs> like, our mascot was a farmer. You can't get more Caucasian than that. Like, it, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I felt very out of place in high school a oh, lot absolutely. of the times. I'm sure there was only one African American when I went there. And there were a handful of Hispanics. Like, it it was very whitewashed, so it was kind of hard to feel like you were your true self. You yeah. know, you always felt like you were a sore thumb, and... It yeah. didn't help that we quite literally, as in our description it said, were the Fruit Loop and a bowl of Cheerios, because... We were the only we were women the wearing a... Puff. Sorry, correction, Cocoa Puff. We brown. I forget. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Um, we were the only hijabis in the school. Like, we were the only one wearing a hijab. At the time, Haider, our uncle, was in high school with Nuran. So she had a friend to rely on. But me, I'm pretty sure I was the only Middle Eastern student looking at the directory and stuff. It, it just got really hard to balance. But it's helpful knowing that we weren't alone. Um, you know, there's... and we hope that there that if someone is out there and they've had struggles like this or they are having struggles like this, that you guys can relate to us and we can kind of help you get through that. Because throughout the years, my coping mechanism, I believe, has just been laughter and just trying to find a bright side in all of this because you can't really control it. Our parents made this decision and thank Allah they made this decision because our life has given us so many so many opportunities like we can't even begin to describe it um so we are so thankful every single day for the decision our parents made however i think it definitely came with some uh pros and cons and we just we had to learn how to balance that and comedy was our way to get through it and if there's anyone who's trying to deal with it in a different way i encourage you to put a more positive spin on it because Life is a lot more fun when you're laughing at yourself and laughing at the situation instead of just sitting around and moping around. And let's be honest, we would all rather cry of laughter and the pain that you feel. Like, girl, sometimes I feel like I'm laughing so hard. I have a six pack when I'm done with it. It's just like (laughs) the only way I can ever get a six pack. That's the only workout I need. I'm done for the day. Woo. But yes, thank you guys again um, for allowing us this platform and... I hope I hope we're able to help someone, even if you're not necessarily in the same situation, an immigrant growing up or an immigrant child growing up or something like that. If you're in any sort of life situation, I encourage you all to just look at it from the glass half full instead of the glass half empty. So 
over the course of getting our name out there and talking about why we made this podcast and why it's important to us, the word brown gets mentioned over and over and over again. And it dawned on us that there's a lot of people who don't know what brown means. And it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. So Naran, what does what being brown mean to you? Well, I think a lot of our perception of brown, especially growing up in the Muslim community, in the Middle Eastern community, when people hear brown, they think of Desi culture right away, you know, Pakistani, Indian, all of that. I I don't think anyone really considers the other part (laughs) of um, Asia, Middle East. I, I think brown is more of a cultural identity to me. Because I don't know how many times you've like scrolled through TikTok or yeah, yeah. Instagram and mm-hmm. you see like brown people problems and brown people life or brown girl issues, things like that. I 100% relate to all of those. And I understand that I'm not necessarily in the brown culture geographically, mm-hmm. but I definitely think like culturally and socially I definitely understand them and um, so I I don't even know if Turkish is really considered brown but for us I've always thought of brown as more of a cultural identity as more of like the color of my skin or where I come from yeah that was the point that I was gonna make a lot of people think that when we refer to ourselves as brown people we mean the color of our skin um, for those of you that haven't seen Neron in person, she is <laughs> cotton ball white. I'm telling you. I am definitely the European Turkish. She, listen, I get my brown from my daddy's side. <laughs> I'm proud of the melanin I got. But that's exactly what I mean is for us, brown isn't necessarily the color of our skin, but how we identify ourselves, you know, swiping through social media, listening to all these people's background stories. We're like, hey our parents raised us the same way. We face the same constant struggle, you know, whether it's growing up a brown girl and we can't really go anywhere on our own. We have to ask permission before we go check the mailbox, which true story. I had to do that for many years. But Or I have to ask my parents permission. Right now, as a 26-year-old woman, I guarantee you every single white friend that I have doesn't even acknowledge their parents' permission or not anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still have to ask my parents if I want to go to dinner with my friends and I have to be home before the sun goes down. And our curfew is not (laughs) a time. It is, it is the color of the sky, you know, it is Maghrib. If you are not home praying Maghrib when the Adhan goes off, we don't even live in a country where you hear Adhan, but we have to assume, <laughs> oh, it's the cotton candy skies. Yalla, it's time to go home. I apologize. Uh, it's always a like, groundbreaking moment when your friends are like, oh, just sneak out. Or <laughs> they don't have to know. You don't know Girl, that. You don't know the no. struggle that comes. You don't even know the fear that our parents have engraved in us for the past however many years we've been alive that we couldn't even think about doing something like that. Oh, for sure. And it's like, I'll be at work or at school, and it's just, I feel my mother's judgmental gaze. I'm like, I should not have done that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, big oopsie on our part. Our mic started. Um, so professional of us, I know. But we have switched over to phone audio, so if you experience any volume or audio issues, we sincerely apologize. Uh, we left off with Naran. Take it away. 
Just to wrap up this little segment here on what brown means to us, we definitely wanted to touch on is Turkish even considered brown? Do Turkish people even identify as brown um, racially and with the color of your skin? Maybe not. However, I definitely think with our cultural point of view and just the experiences that I've had with life and, <laughs> and the values that we share yeah, for across sure. the board, um, across the globe. Muslims don't just exist in the Middle East. No, um, for sure. We Clearly, we are everywhere. We're um, everywhere and we come in every culture and every um, skin tone, all of that. So... We just decided on the name Brown because we just felt like we identified with quote-unquote Brown culture. And yeah, that's kind of the reason. We did get some backlash from a couple friends. And we won't call them out here, but they, <laughs> they said it very lovingly. Turkish people aren't even Brown. And we love them back wholeheartedly. We love them. They're amazing. Um, hopefully they're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, we totally understand that there might be some confusion there or even some backlash, which... There totally can be. Not everyone can have that same opinion. Um, but yeah, so we we are totally ready for it. Yeah. And I would like to close this little topic that we started with just saying, let this be my formal petition to get a brown box on legal papers. I am tired of checking white and other because other just, I don't know about y'all, just does not sound inhuman. It just does not sound humane. Like, am I not a person? Um, and I simply refuse to identify as white. You know, it's just, well, we that's need the that thing. box. Like, we don't, you don't identify with either of those. No, things. absolutely not. There's what? There's five check marks. Mm -hmm. It's like black, Native American, Hispanic. Pacific Islander. I love, I love all the varieties that there are because there probably wasn't even that at some point. Um, but it's just, you know, it's our time. Let's get our box on there, you know? 100%. Thank you. Let's take that to the government, Noonie, okay? Let's get on it. Noonie for president 2024. That's all I'm <laughs> She's running, guys. Get ready. <laughs> so, Noonie, we just touched on the whole checkbox um, situation and how you feel about that. I was wondering, are there any other situations that you have felt? I'm sure there have been. That's why we're making this whole <laughs> freaking podcast. Um, where you've been stuck in between both cultures? Oh, hands down, it has to be the first day you put on your hijab. Oh, you know, yeah. It's like you're nine years old. Like, you what, went to third second grade? grade with your <laughs> hair did, with the curls. Is mama's braids every morning? My mom did my braids every single morning. I had the best hair. And then third grade came and there was a cloth on my head. And all of my friends gave me that look. It's like, what is she wearing? That was by far, I agree, that was by far, like, one of the most yeah, and like, astonishing what? moments. For a nine-year-old, I just want to put that out there. Like, you you are just start, starting to find yourself, your identity, what you like, what you don't like. You did that in the as a nine-year-old? You found your identity? Girl, wow. I mean, I knew I was cream of the crop <laughs> wow. since birth. That's good. Being, <laughs> being nine just solidified it. <laughs> But you're working on that, yeah. you know, it's it's a new social environment. You know, you think, hey, look at me, third grade. Well, mm. not even that, but like kids are judgmental. Kids are so mean. I mean, we have a nine-year-old little brother right now. God. He is so mean. Listen, <laughs> the amount of times this little boy has called me a cow. <laughs> and just a sitting, like, I love cows, absolutely. 
But sometimes it's just like we're sitting in silence, having a nice dinner. Nuni, why are you such a cow? Like, what? <laughs> my, Fam? My favorite is when he says, you're not fat, you're thick. Yeah, see, we've cultured him a little bit. We, we taught him his way around. <laughs> He's getting better. He's getting better. Absolutely. But to my point, like, kids are mean. So, like, yeah, when yeah. they see you after summer, and Nuni's birthday was in the summer, so she went back to school in August with a hijab on. I had to put mine on in the middle of the school year. Um, But Nuni went after, like, she was actually in the third grade, and... Like, just like the looks and the looks, the questions you were getting, like, are you wearing that because you have cancer, Nuni? And it's like, oh, Lord. I had a kid <laughs> ask me once, you wear that because you're bald, right? I was like, what? <laughs> Girl, do you not see this thick bun Why up I think here? this ball is in the back of my head. <laughs> like, my head is growing another head? Is that what you think is going on? Got a Voldemort head? situation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was that was one of the popular questions. Another one I got was, "Are you turning into a nun?" Like I, I have no idea what nuns do for a living, but it was definitely not a yes to that question. Um, oh, the one that burned me the most, or to actually made me cry, was this kid told me it was a hat, and we weren't allowed to mm-hmm. wear hats in school. And then he went and told the teacher that I was wearing a hat, and it's like asking a nine year old to explain why you're wearing a hijab. Why it doesn't count as a hat? You know why you need this. The quickest answer was, I wear it because of my religion. Like as a as a nine year old, I mean, at whatever age you put it on, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very vulnerable situation, and mm-hmm. Allah definitely gives you that courage and that passion to do it. So I commend every single woman who has wore a hijab and anyone who is on their way to wearing one or just kind of in between i hope and pray that the um, path to getting there is an easy one for you but it's it's never an easy decision especially living in the west like you know the biggest thing i think of is you know when we were in school and they start talking about 9-11 oh that's that's always a fun topic (laughs) I mean, for years and years, like our aunt went to school during 9-11 and mm-hmm. she was in high school. She had people rip her her hijab off yeah. and they were just so cruel. And for years it took her therapy. It took her, you know, all these different r- things to get through that sort of trauma that she went through. And it's not okay. No. And, you know, that's probably, to this age, when someone talks about 9-11, Girl, you're not, I'm, someone turns around and looks at you automatically. It. And it's not that we are, you know, belittling the event. It was a tragic event, and our hearts go out to every single family and loved one of um, the lost lives in that attack, as well as, let's not forget, the 1.6 million Iraqi lives that were lost as a consequence of that terrorist attack. We can't forget about that. Our hearts go out to each and every single one of those. Neither was more severe than the other. Human life being lost is a human life being lost. Like there's no, there's no way to measure it. You know, there's there's definitely not one is more important than the other. One was more traumatic than the other. You know, it's, but the way the media portrayed it, like, it Absolutely. was all our fault. Yeah, and like it, it inspired people to blame someone, aka me, who was one at the time, 
as the enemy, as the victim. I was the one who said, yeah, let's bomb the two buildings. It was my fault. I was in a diaper, you know, and it's, it's a funny situation to think about, you know, how can someone so small be responsible for something so big, but power of the media, people. Power to the media. Um, I mean, that whole situation, I think we've always struggled with it and we're always going to struggle with it. Um, we will say it's definitely gone a lot better and just this word always kind of gives me the cringe, <laughs> but um, people are just a lot more woke now and they understand and you know, it's not, of course, there's that group of people that are still like, oh, Muslims are terrorists. It's we all like, know who they are. They we all know who named. they are. We don't have, they don't have to be named. But there's definitely a bigger population, the stronger population that says, um, you know, it wasn't their fault. They're not to blame. And they always stick up for us. And if there is a situation where we are being... Um, blamed for any sort yeah. of issues like that and those so. people keep us going they give us hope and it always helps when you know non-muslim friends ask questions and they're curious we love questions so please ask us questions i think my entire friend group now has learned the words haram halal wallah you know they just those wholesome <laughs> things yeah exactly it's those little wholesome things that just keeps us going so thank you guys for that we did end up getting a little deep there with our conversation, which is always a good thing. You know, we definitely want to stay woke, as they say. Please don't. <laughs> Nuni thinks I'm really old and what doesn't let me say, Listen, like, Gen Neron, Z terms. So. Bless her heart, she tries. She tries so hard. <laughs> and, you know, I just want to, I recognize you for that. Thank you for that. But you really don't need to speak our language. It's totally fine. Okay, fine. I, I won't. But... <laughs> Um, to lighten up the mood, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with some of our favorite memes. So, Nuni, go ahead and take it away. All right. So, first up is something we can relate to, especially with our mom, the absolute most. Um, it says, when the product is already on sale and they still try to get it oh, at a lower price. Oh, my God. Listen, if there's an item on clearance, my mama will get it on super clearance. Okay? <laughs> she will try her hardest to bargain. It's in her blood. Bargaining. Listen, watching my grandma in the Grand Bazaar bargaining, getting something from like 100 down to 10 liras. Oof. Like, that takes talent. And my mom tried to bring that same talent overseas. It's not working out. It doesn't work here. You know, you can't bargain at King Supers or whatever. We kind of just leave her at that point. Like, we don't know this woman. (laughs) Just take the card outside. (laughs) She's the sweetest person in the entire world. We love Mama Janan. Next up, we have Ramadan. We love Ramadan, and it's just the best time, but the best memes come out as well. It says, me during Ramadan, I really can't eat right now. And then a person responds, why don't you just eat? Your parents aren't watching. (laughs) You know, Allah is watching. The whole reason why I'm doing this. I love when they say, oh, I won't tell. Like, ma'am, it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. Someone seeing it. Or my favorite is, not even water. Dog. No, Becky, not even water. Listen, if I could drink water, <laughs> do you think I would be looking as crusty as I do right it now? It would solve the hunger issue yeah, if you could drink no water. no reason to do it. Whatever. Um, next up we have when Baba tells you to wash the dishes while your brothers are playing FIFA and you're doing homework. What Listen, I would give to be a man. 
at times. The XY chromosome is what I live for during these moments. I can't tell you the amount of times where we have quite literally just had to put the most important thing that we're doing on hold. This podcast. To get my dad chai. Just chai. (laughs) It's nothing important. Next thing we have is my Arab pronunciation is going to help a little bit. Um, it says, when you're looking at old pictures of yourself and react, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. <laughs> She's basically asking God for strength to get through this. <laughs> We've all definitely had some of those. We moments. all have this. This is a meme brown, that everyone white, orange. We all have that one meme. Um, when your parents use their middle finger to point in public. Oof, Man. that's that's when you like start pulling their arm like Bubba stop on this. The amount stop. of times my dad has pointed to something at a front desk with his middle finger and then the person's face just goes red. I'm like, I swear he's not he's not trying to hurt your feelings. Um oh, this is a funny one. Writes Arabic into my resume interviewer. So here you wrote that you speak Arabic. Can you say a sentence? they would never know if you guys don't know that's actually a verse out of the quran and he's basically just reciting that we all learn it when we're kids it's the first one we learn how to recite Uh, that's a good one um next is do you know how hard it is to find someone with the same halal haram ratio as yourself that is so true. Like, me thinking about that, like, in friendships and trying to get married, like, you're never going to find someone at the same ratio. Like, I'm too halal for my haram friends, but I'm too haram for my halal friends. Listen, it, Naran has been in the market for a husband for a while. And this is one of the reasons why there is either too, like, they're too religious, too, like, sworn into it where they won't let her breathe or have fun and she's like i can't do this um or they're a little bit little little bit too loose we're talking about the ones who go clubbing drink alcohol do drugs and then are like oh wait that has pork it's haram i can't i can't <laughs> those are our favorite people <laughs> um the next one is i love arab girls because one day they can look like princess jasmine and the next day they can look completely homeless it's all about balance i can relate so hard to that one because as an architecture student, I was always in studio late at night. <laughs> and I, like, every single person who saw me in studio at, like, 2 a.m., I sincerely apologize for the looks that I was coming to you with. <laughs> My hijab would be, like, all over the place. My, oh. I was I would wear slippers. Like, Listen, but the day you present your projects, girl, I remember you... Naran was top of the class. Listen, I'm talking. She bought a blazer. She bought something that was over fifty dollars, y'all. This was this was prime time. This for was her. broke college days. So the fact that I spent fifty dollars on like I think it was a pair of shoes or something was um, very very. Her five two ass was put in these six inch heels. Like she was. Naran was a million bucks on presentation days. Last one we have um, is. I was out with my friend, and the wind was blowing my hijab, and my friend yells, You're a legend! Aw, that's so wholesome. <laughs> Listen, we honestly love it when you guys do things like this, or my hair is poking yeah. out, you guys put it back in, or, like, shield us so we can fix it. You have no idea how heartwarming that is. I love that. And, like, I just feel, like, the respect that you have at mm-hmm. that point 
for me, like that's what I value the most and it warms my heart and I just love every single one of my friends that do that for me. You said that was the last meme you had, right? Unfortunately so, but there's millions more. So if you have a favorite, our DMs are open. Go ahead and send them on in. We'd love to laugh at Oh those yeah, too. we would love to see those. And <laughs> if we have time during the end of episodes, we might feature them. We might make them. this a yeah. thing. Um, well, we do want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you made it this far and stuck with us, it means the world to us. So thank you. Thank you so much for making it through the first episode with us. We have loved every single minute that we have talked to you. There aren't enough thank yous in the world to express our gratitude for everyone who has helped us along our way. And for those of you sitting and listening through this emotional roller coaster, thank you all so, so, so much. We've had a blast and inshallah we have more blasts coming up for you. So stay tuned. Please go ahead and remember to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and your preferred platform for podcasts. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can always DM us on Instagram, TikTok, or just send us an email at justinbetweenpod at gmail.com. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.